Hey, it's Melaine Lee, and you found your way to the Divine Goddess Revolution podcast. This podcast is no ordinary podcast. It is for women looking to thrive, not just survive. It's for women looking to learn how to really unlock and unleash that divine light within so that they can rock their inner goddess on a daily basis. The experts will be featured from all over the world, supporting you in becoming that badass divine goddess that you were born to be. So excited about this next person I'm featuring, Linda Bjork. She is an amazing spirit and soul. I love what she's creating. She was a former decade-long CEO of one of the largest design and branding agencies, Scandinavia's largest design and branding agency, actually. And then she dedicated her life to teaching mental skills to business leaders worldwide. She's the author of Inner Business, Training Your Mind for Leadership Success. And she is the mama of a beautiful girl. She also lives in New York City with her daughter and really is supporting people and being able to have simple practices such as meditation to simplify their life, to reduce the stress in their life, to elevate, to expand their mental skills so that they can really live a life beyond their wildest dreams. And I'm just so excited to have her here. Her wisdom, her experience as an entrepreneur, as a mother are profound, are profound, are profound. So listen in, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Linda. So excited to have you here today and really just so excited to to honestly hear your wisdom and your experience and to allow other women to really be freed up from whatever guilt, shame or grief or whatever they may be feeling to really give them permission to feel a little bit lighter after this conversation. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It is my distinct pleasure. So Can you share a little bit about what a day-to-day experience of your life looks like for the women? Because I know you have a very unique situation. Um, Not It's unique, and I also think that there's probably other women out there that are experiencing the same day-to-day living. And how do you really get through each day and still nourish yourself, like without losing yourself in the experience? Right. And it is kind of ironic. What we teach is what we most need to learn. You know, that's the Mm. (laughs) the old (laughs) wisdom that comes back. And so my program is called How to Win in Leadership Without Losing Yourself. And this has been an ongoing um, program and speaking tour, including how to win in business without losing yourself. And yeah, that is what I am a teacher of and a student of in life for sure. In my particular case, not only am I a single parent, but I also am parenting a child who is, um, she has these special needs and she's eight years old and she has learning disabilities. And it's sort of a world that I never, ever knew anything about. Mm. And I didn't have any experience or opinions or anything, really. Um, I've been pretty steady in my mind, in my life. And that's also why I've been able to be a good mind teacher. And here, 
my daughter comes along. <laughs> it just turns all of that upside down for me. And really, what I find interesting is that as women, we have entered the workforce thinking that we need to be just feminine versions of men, which means that mm. we really, we shouldn't talk about our home life. We shouldn't mention that we have kids and we shouldn't ever give a reason for not being able to join something, our children, because it's seen as, as a weakness. And although I can buy certain parts of that, because we don't need explanations for everything, there's also a shame connected to, especially as a single parent, where everything really stands and falls with you. You can't even express that and put that into the mix when you make business decisions or when you need to make changes to anything from interviews to meetings to, to trips, etc. And so mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that we need to start doing is to change the conversation not to be gushing about our children at the wrong time, but to have the idea of being a parent, to actually have that be a pawn in the business game that we're playing. And it, it shouldn't be a big deal. It's, mm. it's like anything else. And what happened for me specifically, because I was a CEO for a long time, and when my daughter was around three, I decided to jump that ship. And my passion for helping other women and other leaders had really taken over. And so I wrote my book, Inner Business. I went on a speaking tour and realized bit by bit that the idea of business structure, the way I had set it up, I'm an author, I'm a speaker, I go on the road, this is what I do. And then sometimes I bring my daughter, sometimes I have my nanny take care of her. It didn't really work with a special needs daughter. Mm. I couldn't just leave her the same way that you can leave someone who doesn't have those challenges. And uh, I had to completely rethink the way I do my business. And that's an encouragement that I would like to give to any mama listening to this, that there is so much that we're programmed to do and say, and we we come here as unique individuals and we try to fit into this impersonal structure that we call business. And that will always, always be a clash that leads to frustration until you realize that you can do this on your own terms. And we have to have that courage to say, all right, what works for me? This is the without losing yourself part of the equation. And I had to say, what works for me and my daughter? In what way does she need me? How much can I actually be away? And then I had to completely restructure not only my business, but actually I moved so that I have my office, my apartment, and her school one block each away from each other in the smack middle of New York City in Manhattan. (laughs) <laughs> and that's like unheard of that, <laughs> to, to not have any commute time, you know. But it's like, yeah, that's what I needed to do. And then, of mm. course, there was a the whole restructuring of my business, too, where I said no to speaking tours uh, to a certain extent. I, I can still do a little bit and I do that. But I just collected all my best pieces and I've created this online 
platform for an exclusive group of executive women. And I do it on my terms. And you know what's so funny? When I was forced to restructure the way I give program, it became much better. What I offer today Mm -hmm. under this sort of restricted format has been the most effective thing that I've ever done with my clients. Isn't that so funny? (laughs) It's so funny. I'm listening to and smiling over here, Linda, because I love all of the wisdom that you're sharing. And I really couldn't agree with you more when I just now, I mean, I'm a new mother. I'm not too far into the, the experience of motherhood, although I'm already experiencing so many shifts and so much change in my business that is allowing Mm. me to get more effective, more efficient in a less amount of time and to really restructure. And I think something you said that was so profound was like, how can I create this lifestyle and business as well as personal life that really honors myself and my daughter while also, you know, producing a, a wonderful experience for my clients. And it's, it's so great because it's like your daughter, this beautiful soul comes into your life and really has now given you so many lessons and lessons and, and restructured the way you see things and do things, which you didn't know you needed, but it's everything that really serves you for your highest. Yes. Amen. Yes. (laughs) And um, no, I say it all the time. It's funny. It's funny how that goes. It's funny how that works. (laughs) It's like after a while, you have to realize that maybe there is a better and higher plan and, and whatever forces it is that pulls us. We are it becomes a dance. It becomes a dance mm. where you have to understand that you can lead. I talk about it so much, getting out of the backseat. We really, with all the programming that we have, and some of us have have pathology that we need to get out of, we're sitting in the backseat of our own lives. Mm. And especially for women, we are so programmed of taking cues from other people, and we're kind of not used to taking command. And here's the biggest mistake we do. When we do start wanting to be in control in a, of our own lives, we do it in a way where we contract. We tense up. We get tough, you know? And all of a sudden, we fool ourselves even more because with those clenched fists, we are still in the backseat because we're at the mercy of our own anger of our own guilt or frustration, any negative feelings that may arise that have, have to do with this contraction. And we're not open. You can't be contracted and open at the same time. And so without that openness, we're still not in the driver's seat, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you didn't mm-hmm. think that I was in New York City before, you can hear it in the background. <laughs> I, I love having a little bit of a little bit of New York coming through this interview. <laughs> little ambiance for the, you know, it is what it is. Well, you know, and, and, and honestly, when you're in a contracted and not open space, everything annoys you. So that would annoy you, you know, the, um, whatever idiots at work annoys you, you know, the person who's calling who's really trying to help you annoys you. You're still not in the driver's seat. It's like we, we're constantly invited in life to be part of a dance where 
from our perspective and our perception of the reality that we create, we can be the ones that lead our dance. And um, this becomes very practical. It becomes very, very practical with an open heart and an open mind. Take practical steps. Mm. This is so beautiful because I think as mothers, there's so much judgment and shame and guilt that can come from a variety of, you know, experiences go through right, uh, right from the birthing experience on, maybe even from the pregnancy experience on, how it should look or should be. And I love that you're talking about getting into the driver's seat. And when you're in that feeling of letting the emotion overwhelm, whether it's anger or resentment or fear or shame or guilt, you're still not in the driver's seat because that's really starting to rule your life. And yeah, then, yeah, I just, I really, really love this and breathing through it and really just allowing yourself to have those experiences, right? Like not making yourself yeah. wrong for having it, breathing through it, acknowledging it, because sometimes it's really hard. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it sucks. And then you're sleep yeah. deprived on top of it. Oh, no, 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 this <laughs> is the, it's, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying mm. that there is something that's very, very simple. And that yeah. is that the more we practice, and this is the key to solving all of this. I hope everybody's ready. <laughs> because <laughs> because the, the, the key to all of this is to keep practicing being present. You cannot feel guilt in the present moment. You are taken out of the present moment as soon as you feel guilt. You are taken out of the present moment as soon as you have shame or anger or fear of any form. This is why we meditate. So you said a magical word right there. You said we breathe through it. And the moment we become aware of our own breath, am I breathing? Yes, I am. That was a moment of presence. You were checking in with yourself if you were breathing and you go yeah i'm still breathing in fact you are being breathed and you are observing that something is breathing for you which is this wonderful physical system that you have and therein lies the key to presence breathing is one of many but it's a very uh, welcoming friend that leads us into presence and in the very moment when we experience presence, we can only experience different feelings of love. It can be appreciation. It can be joy. It can be gratitude. It can be happiness, contentment. There are just variations of the same theme, which is that you are present right here. And very, very rarely do we have an actual problem in the very present moment. So whatever you do when you get into periods, and especially when you become a mom, and as you continue being a mom, meditation is just one of those things. I teach all my clients meditation. I teach them how to do it, not only as a serious meditator who sits for hours on end. You know, it's not about that. It's about learning how to become present to life. And you're going to notice a huge huge shift. And don't take my word for it. There are now 6,000 research studies made on the positive impacts of uh, meditation. So um, 
it is uh, a very acknowledged uh, field. And um, don't get me started because I could <laughs> I could go on for <laughs> the benefits of right. <laughs> Medi- yeah, I mean, meditation is so essential. And for me, as a new mother, meditating and prayer, I, I used to, when I woke up when I was, you know, not a mother, I would wake up and have these like hour long morning practices that were grounding me and I loved it. And, and it was great. It was awesome. And now that mm. just looks way different because when I'm waking up, it's usually with a little bubba crying next and he needs to be fed and he needs to be changed and then he needs to be fed again and then he needs to be changed again. And so my morning routine has to look a little bit different. But really, when I stripped it all away, the two most important pieces were prayer and meditation for me. And both of those bring me so present. And I love how you're talking about this piece around presence. And it's funny, Linda, because all the women that I have been interviewing for this podcast series I've said the same thing, you know, like just those those moments of meditation, those moments of allowing yourself to just be present because in that present moment, no overwhelm exists, no fear exists, no shame or guilt or any of that. When I really get present, I'm like, hey, are you okay in this moment right now? Yeah, I am. I am. Yeah. And a lot of people are not, it's almost like it sounds too good to be true. And I would encourage anyone listening to this that just commit to five minutes per day. You can do three minutes in the morning and two minutes in the afternoon. It's nothing. I mean, it's it's a bathroom break. It's nothing. And uh, just see where it lands you. Be warned that in the beginning, you may feel sleepier from actually for the first time experiencing a calm nervous system as you are awake. That will very mm. quickly shift into feeling more energized and that calm feeling in your nervous system will not feel so unfamiliar that you want to fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Because most most of us are sleep deprived. And I am now on my 23rd year of doing daily transcendental meditation. So I've tried just about everything. And I've tried not to meditate because, dude, it takes up time. And you're like, if I cannot do it, that would be great. You know, I'll save 20 minutes. Mm. But you don't. You really don't. And then it's also important because you also need to examine your relationship to stress. Stress is, um, well, arguably the thing that takes us out of the present moment the most because our brain basically stops working well when we're stressed. And so we go straight into fear mode and all these negative feelings come up. I mean, we, we, we know what it feels like. We become panicked. We become hysterical. There are a lot of negative emotions that come with this chemical dump that, that happens as soon as we, as we get stressed out. So I think that um, I do nothing with my clients before I go through becoming stress smart. The reason I call it stress smart is that being stress free is not realistic. And I I would actually go so far as to say that living, quote unquote, normal life with a job and, you know, bills to pay and and, uh, kids around, you're not a monk, you know, you're not, you cannot live stress free. And we shouldn't feel guilty about that. We shouldn't feel bad about that. It's, um, we just have to be smart. We have to smarten up Mm. when it comes to stress. Stress Mm. is, um, workplace stress is now the number five killer 
in the UK is where the research comes from, but it's actually applicable to the Western world. And it is more than 75% the basis of uh, any hospital visits. It's the basis for our seven most deadly illnesses. I mean, I could go on for a long time, but I took sort of the worst one. And um, <laughs> we are literally killing ourselves with stress. And so, so as much as meditation will help you with stress reduction, it's also important to start having an actual intellectual and emotional dialogue with self when it comes to stress. And I actually yeah. have, and I know I sound maybe a little too far out there when I say that natural selection has not caught up with us yet. It's like we, we're, the way that we're programmed is not suitable for the life that we're living right now. And so we need to reprogram ourselves ASAP because we will die. <laughs> I mean, that's mm-hmm. become very sick. Oh, so true. And I, and I think these, we as human beings, a lot of times like to make things very complex and yes. overanalyze and over obsess over things. When the reality is a lot of these, a lot of the answers, a lot of the solutions to a lot of the problems that we're creating for ourselves is so simple. And, it, and like, yes. I think you had said before, it's like, it's almost like, is this too good to be true type of thing? And sometimes it is. It really is such yeah. a, and simplifying everything really is a solution to so much going on with so many of us. They're in automatic or busy or, or in overwhelm or spinning out. Yeah. Simplification. And women are really between a rock and a hard place because we have an overactive inner critic. And we have mm. this idea that not only do our nails have to be perfect, we have to be perfect mothers and our children have to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, it's going to be like imperfectly perfect. You know, it's like, oh, and so, so we have this and we haven't even talked about being perfect at work yet, you know, or whatever job we choose to do. So we have this idea that we really need to be super women. And when you suggest that to someone, they say, no, not at all. <laughs> Then you start talking to them <laughs> about what kind of <laughs> idea and ideals that they have for themselves. And it's craziness. It's absolute mm. craziness. And this inner critic is what's ma- what makes it very, very complicated. If we had our number one priority, our own wellness, things would be much easier. But we always push the envelope. And we always had... This is. A- this is why mind skills is one of the, the most important thing right now to save the world. And I, you know, that's, that's my take on it. And I'm happy that other people are saving the oceans, et cetera, because, you know, that's needed too. But honestly, the decisions that are made that pollute the ocean and all the other sort of bigger problems that we have in the world come from a lack of mind skill. Mm. There's just not thinking about and having compassion for other people or for self or having this, we've even forgotten that we're all one. We come from the same mm-hmm. source. Whatever mm-hmm. is done to you is done to me. We, we yeah. are disconnected to a very large extent. So the number one wellness is to feel connected and to be kind of um, not contracted, but also a little stubborn <laughs> about, about being connected. And being connected mm. to your true self is the biggest, it's your biggest job and it's the biggest favor you can do to your child, to your husband, 
to your family, to your community, and to the world. Yeah. That's where it needs I to love start, that. you know. Yeah. I love this, Linda. And I love that you're so passionate about this conversation because I read in this book called Gorgeous for God, it's called, and the author is Lisa Natali. She's a Course in Miracles teacher. It was one of my favorite books. And in it, one of the mm. things that she said is that a lot of us believe the war is external, it's happening outside of us. Oh, it's over there. Yes. You know, there's a bomb going off in New York. There's a bomb going off in London. There's a, you know, experience happening in Iraq or whatever. And that's not true. It's actually all going on internally in our minds. And if each of us took the full responsibility to just take care of ourselves, just take care of you and your health mm. and your and your mental status, it would help mm-hmm. the world if each of us took full responsibility for what was going on in the inner dialogue. Here's why people can't hear what you're saying. They think that you talk about you from an ego perspective. And mm-hmm. the moment someone translates what you're saying from, I'm looking out for number one, greed comes in and everybody's like, mm-hmm. what? If I think about myself, you know, I become selfish. And no, this is why the quest for being connected with your true self is what your job and number one job has to be. It has to be. Mm-hmm. Because it's only yeah. from there that we can hear what you're saying and then we'll say amen sister and it's Mm -hmm. interesting because this goes back to what we talked about with presence presence is an expression of love and of course in miracles talks about and it starts with nothing real can be threatened and what the course in miracles talks about as real is love so it actually goes on to say nothing real can be threatened nothing Unreal exists. Mm-hmm. Therein, therein lies the peace of God. That's how the Course in Miracles starts. And that is, it goes back to that job. This is our number one job, being connected in present to our true self, to this non-judging present moment. This is an awareness that it's a muscle that we're building. This is how we inch our way to the driver's seat. Linda, I love you. Oh, <laughs> I really love you. <laughs> and I love you. I am you. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you get to let me to be in the presence of a powerful woman? I'm like, oh, she's just a reflection of me. How awesome. <laughs> exactly. That's how it happened. That's how it happened. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, in... And in a year, I'm going to be, right now, I'm an initiated interfaith minister. Did I tell you that? No, you didn't. Uh-uh. Well, here comes the secret. So I've just gone through my initiation for becoming uh, an uh, interfaith minister. So I've done my training up until that point. And in one year, I'll be an ordained minister in uh, the the new religion of interfaith, which means that we have all religions and wisdom traditions under our belt as ministers. And frankly, I think that this is going to be one of the more important components of um, moving ahead in the business world that, you know, currently and probably for a while longer is going to be the driving power force in the world. Of course, not of the higher sort, but in terms of what we do here uh, on, on Earth. 
And I really see the need to bring back that connection and that communication with not only each other and understanding the oneness of this global community that we live in, but also to have a communication with a higher source, a universal intelligence. We are here determining Mm -hmm. as co-creators with a higher power, the actual trajectory of evolution. That's a big job we have, you know, and I don't mean to overwhelm Mm -hmm. anyone, (laughs) but (laughs) our choices choices matter. And the more we can choose in what has been said over and over, and the same thing has echoed through any wisdom tradition of any time, which has to do with love and compassion. That's it. Yeah. So um, we will see many mergings uh, as we proceed into the future. And the field of interfaith is really interesting because it really brings us together as um, a global community. But I also think that it's going to be true when it comes to the professions that we choose and the way that we choose to live our lives. And that's why, once again, like we were talking about in, in, in the beginning of this wonderful conversation that we're having, is that we can actually choose from our perspective. We can make the rules not from sort of a contracted and bitchy place, but from a loving place. We have Mm -hmm. that space in our lives. And if you can't figure it out, talk to a woman friend, you know, Um, start the dialogue, you know, listen to you more often, you know, it's like um, (laughs) dial in, dial into these wonderful conversations because we get ideas from each other and we get courage from each other. And, and courage Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite words because it comes from French cur, which is the heart. And it's really, it, it really has to do with expressing ourselves fully from our hearts. Yeah. Oh, 100%. These, these kind of conversations I love because it gives other people permission to be in these kind of conversations and to be inspired or to be motivated to, to kind of get curious and to just be playful. It's like you don't have to agree or disagree, but just get curious. Just get curious. Yes. Get playful around your life and start to say – well, what if, or what if it looked different? What if this could be something else? Just getting curious and, and scratching more than the surface. But uh, Linda, I just, like I said, I, I really do love this conversation. I love just listening to you. And thank you so much for sharing so much wisdom and experience and tools for the ladies out there. And if people want to learn more about you, where is the best way to find you? Well, if you're in New York, let's go for coffee. <laughs> but, <laughs> that, um, so let's see here. I do have a Facebook group for all these wonderful women, everything from leaders to entrepreneurs, and it's called How to Win in Leadership Without Losing Yourself. So it is one of those closed Facebook groups. So I think, yeah, yeah you, you do, um, you ask to join. That's a wonderful community, and that's where I share tips and tricks, et cetera. And I do have a website, bjorkbusiness.com. And um, that's also where you can learn more about my program. And yeah, e- either of those, jump on. And for those who, of you who need a companion to get started with these kinds of things, my book is called Inner Business, Training Your Mind for Leadership Success. And Inner Business can be found on Barnes & Noble and Amazon and those um, internet sites. And it's turned out to be a really good companion for, um, I, I 
tend to work with and talk more to women. So, so yes, it's been um, a great companion for a lot of uh, women in business. So, um, yeah, check it out and see if it's something for you. Awesome. And ladies that are listening in, all of that information that she just shared, her website, her Facebook group, her book, that'll all be in the show notes. So if you didn't have a pen and paper, not to worry, just go back to the show notes and you'll find all that there. And thank you so much for joining us again, Linda. I so appreciate you being here. And thank you. And I, one of those very, very heartfelt thank yous for what you do, how you inspire mm. women. You do more than motivate. You inspire them, which means that we are in spirit when we listen to you and your wonderful conversation. So a big thank you back. Mm, I receive that and really appreciate it. And ladies that are listening in, thank you so much for joining. Be sure to share this with anyone that you feel would resonate. And until next time, wishing you an amazing day. Bye for now. hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Remember, sharing is caring. So please, if this resonates with you, let us know. Leave us a rating on iTunes. Send me a message, Malene at MalaneLee.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Malene Lee at The Divine Malene Lee. I also have a Facebook group, The Divine Rich Goddesses, which is where we talk about everything that's going on. And it's just exclusive for women. So I hope to see you in one of those venues and I'm wishing you an amazing day.